Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, the Game of Thrones A Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear there, all black and brown and covered in hair. everybody, I'm Guile, Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr, Door Podcast on Twitter. And tonight we'll be reviewing Game of Thrones Season 7. And as always, spoiler warnings, hear that iTunes reviewer? Spoiler warnings for both the show and the book and everything in between. And yeah, I'm still super bitter about that. So tonight we've got Kama. Hi, I'm Kama, Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. And we have three returning guests. We have Argastar. Hi, I'm Argastar. Just Argastar on Tumblr. And Devin. Hi, I'm Devin, GD Harpo on Tumblr and Twitter. And Joy. Hi, I'm Joy, and I'm Fiction is My Way Through Life on Tumblr. So, what did you guys think of Season 7? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! I think I'm done with the show. Does that tell you something? Yeah, it's my next to least favorite. Ugh, what, so I, uh, go ahead. I'm just sitting here going, even the moments that should have felt, you know, gratifying, like Littlefinger finally getting his, just Ugh. seemed to come out of nowhere. So is there so uh, is there a moment like a season's worst moment for each of you? Where do I begin? I <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll start with the bitch fest between Sansa and Arya because apparently women <laughs> do not know how to be in the vicinity of each other without fighting over things and then a guy has to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm also not terribly fond of Elia Martell being completely th- kicked to the curb. <gasps> oh yeah, that was so stupid. Nobody mentioned her in the dragon pit. That was so weird. They didn't bring her up. I mean, to be fair, before season five, what the hell is a Rhaegar? Sorry, Raga. (laughs) Yeah, he's like mentioned once, I think, in like the first season when they actually cared. And then that was it. They kind of forgot he existed. Until now, and except I don't think a lot of people even know who he's supposed to be. Yeah, I think, you know, I know they don't want to do flashbacks. I know they don't want to do dreams. I know they don't want to do all this shit that, you know, you probably should do if you've committed to doing eight seasons of a TV show. But I do think that... Especially of this particular book series. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, given that there were some episodes of the season, and particularly last season, that essentially had no content... um, Arya and Bravos would be a good example of that. You know, to dedicate half an episode to the tourney of, at Harrenhal would have, you know, really been... I think people that read the books would have loved it, and I think it would have um, given, like, the necessary background information for show-only viewers to understand, like, oh, who's this Rhaegar guy? Why do we give I, a shit about this? I never understood their reasoning behind not doing flashbacks or dream sequences. And I think it really 
A, them not doing it was a problem. And then when they were asked about it, they came out with that sort of weird excuse for why. And I really think that hamstrung them because a lot of this stuff would have been so much easier with just a few. And I I understand you don't want to go all soap opera with the sort of like Vaseline covered lens and, you know, go back (laughs) in time. But, you know, they can be done well. And I mean, there are master filmmakers I could name, you know, Orson Welles used them at it's good enough for him. You'd think it would be good enough for these fuckers. So, <laughs> and I, I, it, I never, it never fails to amuse me that the thing that got George to trust in these guys, trust in their vision, was the fact that they'd figured out that Leona was John's mother. And I'm sitting there going, "Your average twelve-year-old with decent reading comprehension could read the books and figure that out." I figured that out myself, and I never understood. I kept thinking, well, maybe it's much more complex than that. But then, no, that's it, really? Because, (laughs) you know, and all of this, this is, and I'm going to rag on George for a bit here, but not necessarily his fault, but one of the things I kept hearing when I first started reading the books was how great it was that he subverted all these tropes, but... Yeah, I mean, he killed um, Ned off. He killed Catelyn and Rob off. Sure, but Jon Snow, I mean, he is like the <laughs> oh, living trope. I mean... He's he, the tropiest trope to ever trope in, yep, the, in the uh, land uh, of tropes. Uh, you know, down <laughs> to the magic sword. and the, I mean, it's all very much standard sword and sorcery fantasy, chosen son... Raised Gar- to be the poor, you know, it's it's him. Everything he's, is him. Well, he's I a think, Gary Stew. I mean, no, not I a think, Gary Stew, but just that sort of character, you know, the the I Luke Skywalker. So. I mean, there's a ton of examples of him in in literature throughout history. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing that, but that is not tropes aversion there. Unless I think something- John is definitely more complex than like a Luke Skywalker type of character. You know, his death. Oh no, he totally is. But But I I think you bring up a good you bring up a good point, Kama. And one of the questions I wanted to ask was, you know, did the season need more big deaths? We got Littlefinger, but you know, when you think back to the Game of Thrones of season, you know, one through three, one through four, you know, would it have been totally out of out of hand for you know Daenerys to get killed in episode? That would have been. That would have made me sit up and take notice if they had right. Done. Or John, either yeah, one. They've stopped killing core characters. Like they'll, I kind of consider. I mean, Olena and uh, Littlefinger were major characters. Um, I guess you can throw Olena in there, but they stopped killing like the core characters, mm-hmm. which is what I mean. That drew a lot of people to the show that they killed Ned and Rob and Catelyn and like that things like that were happening, and they just they don't do it anymore. Yeah, like, and I- it, that nobody died beyond the wall is right. Well, Thoros, but well, Thoros died, but yeah, who everyone had forgotten about. So that you, you always and on this show, you do know when they're going to die because they get the big previously <laughs> on Game of Thrones. Here's this character we haven't talked about for four years. We're going to now talk about them for five minutes so that when they die, there will be impact. No, this is not how you write. Well, and it's interesting that you know I think we most people. Most book readers, at least, probably think that at this point in the book story, Cersei's going to be dead. And she's probably mm-hmm. the only character that is, like, the only major character that's alive right now that is probably still alive in the books. Or, I mean, that she's the only character yeah. alive in the show that 
is a major character that is probably dead in the books. Sorry, I misstated mm-hmm. that. I was I was wondering where you were going with that, but yeah, yeah, no. yeah. I think yeah, I think by this point, Cersei will be gone. Like by what when it's just about to be all White Walker battles. Yeah, I think Cersei's gone by then. In the I was books. I was honestly expecting Cersei to die this season. Yeah. I had a bottle of wine saved up and everything. <laughs> and I think you know there ha- the hesitation of following through with that is kind of showing them being a little bit less confident in their material than George is, which is funny because I feel like of everything they lack, confidence is not one of them. Well, I mean, yeah. Lena Hetty is a terrific actress, and I love watching her work, but Cersei needed to go by this point. Now, Joy, I remember you were saying you were planning on binge-watching the show. Did you end up binge-watching it? Yes. So, actually, um, I started watching it last week because I just, this show is too stupid, I'm sorry, to have weeks in between. Like, logic doesn't happen. So, I need to to have it happen one after the other so I don't have time to think about how stupid things are. But this the season was so boring while it was happening that I was still thinking about it. But anyway, um, did you find it that just, binging it? Did you have different impressions than what you might have, you know, read or heard online? I think in the terms of like the build up or like either things that were going to be terrible or things that were going to be impressive. For some reason, I feel like a lot of people were way more impressed than I was. And I was just kind of like, okay, I mean... They were watching that other show on HBO called Game of Thrones. <laughs> right. I mean, I must have gotten, gotten the wrong subscription or something. But it was just... The first two episodes, I was like, ugh. First episode was just... I was like, this is annoying. Second episode, I was like, I wish I could care. But why am I Googling other things? Episode three was a bit better. One, yeah. because Jamie uh, finally doing something. <laughs> and Olena, <laughs> you know, like actual characters that resemble human beings were on screen for a bit. So actually, episode three was the first episode where I was like, oh, I'm kind of glad I'm, you know, I'm binge watching because that means I get to see what happens next. And then I was... And then episode four happened and I was kind of like, oh, this is interesting. This is interesting. But the way they bent over backwards to try to force drama, but then to try to think a way to have those characters that are in that drama to not die was just so unbelievably stupid. (laughs) That was just like, do you know how to write without making a spectacle? Do you know how no. to, do you know what no. battle strategy is they like? They don't. Do you, no. Have you ever watched a war movie that is not your shitty Troy Never. adaptation? <laughs> oh Never, God, we're going to get the Homer ever. fans after us again. <laughs> no, it was terrible. I'm no, it is fan. terrible. <laughs> Agreed. I'm like obsessed with classical like Greek literature. I was so pissed when I watched that movie. Because you're like, but how could you write, all. how could you make a movie about the Trojan War that doesn't have the gods in it? Like, this was really a big problem. Oh, and it's like, where do they think Achilles got his thing from? Like, oh, never mind. It's yeah, just, we could do a whole. Think we could do a whole podcast. The problem, I think the problem is that they write very sort of surface stuff 
Um, they, and I think for the reason they succeeded is because the first couple, Chicky will disagree with me, but I really think the first two seasons were good enough that it got a lot of people watching. And then mm-hmm. people who maybe read the books and then let time pass or didn't read the books just started letting things slide. And then they stayed for the spectacle, you know? And I think that's part of it. And I really feel like I was sort of suckered into this whole thing. And also about, like, the trope things we were talking about. First of all, like, George R. R. Martin doesn't, like, I hate when people are like, oh, he's breaking tropes. Why are you writing a fantasy if you hate tropes? No, he follows through on things that happen. That's the only difference. And Ned clearly was not supposed to be a main character for the whole series. Rob didn't even have a POV. Even watching the show, I knew Rob was, was superfluous. I was surprised that Kat died, but Rob, I was like, yeah, okay, I can see that happening. And I hadn't read the books. I don't it's think there's like, anything wrong with, with like, breaking a trope or subverting, well, or with subverting them. I mean, there's nothing wrong yeah. with saying, okay, we're going to change it up. Because honestly, sometimes that makes it much more entertaining. I mean, I was kind of hoping that John's parentage was not what it ended up being because, I mean, I almost think it would have been way more awesome if, John ended up being Ned's kid with that Willa or whatever. I mean, you know, <laughs> or really, you're just like a bastard and he felt bad. And, you know, that would have been actually kind of satisfying for me because I've read too many of, you know, the hero with a thousand faces, the whole, it doesn't have to, I just use Luke Skywalker as an example, but that's, literature is filled with these characters. Look at somebody like King Arthur. I mean, it's the whole, you know, it's the chosen one, basically. um, You know, one thing I I was thinking of in terms of this episode is, you know, essentially, if you were following the leaks, the entire season was spoiled for you. I wound up up having to seek out those leaks because my mother refused to watch an episode where a dragon died. I I am not (laughs) kidding you. So I want to that like just does the, the dog die? Series. Does she go to that website too? Uh, I don't think she knows that exists. I'll yeah. probably her about it because that sounds like this, that would be within her her yeah, wheelhouse. To me, the spoil like so I knew all the leaks. I've known for a year basically how you know kind of stupid the plot points of the season were, but um, you know I really never felt like there was any any character was really at risk because I knew, mm. you know, I knew exactly who was going to die. I knew there wasn't going to be any surprises. And I don't know if that's because of, you know, the narrative lacking or is it or is it because I knew the spoilers. So I have a hard time, like, judging my reaction to that. So I'm wondering if anyone else has any thoughts on that. Uh, I think it's a little of column A and a little column B. You know, you, you knew it was coming and they're just not that good. Like, I read the spoilers, but, you know, I didn't know what was real and what was fake. And I honestly don't comb them. Like, you know, I don't commit them all to memory. It was all like, oh, yeah, dragon dies, zombie dragon. Oh, that'll be interesting. You know, it was kind of like the stuff everybody was talking about was not the stuff that really interested me. Um, And I do remember reading about Littlefinger thinking, okay, well, how are they going to make that work? And I was kind of intrigued. I mean, Sansa and Arya are two of my you know, they're up there and my favorite characters, uh, like, uh, top of my pyramid, so to speak. And then I was like, but I didn't really read it all that closely. Cause I didn't, I've been burned before with spoilers where they turn out to be totally 
you know, yeah. bogus. So I, I was just, it was more the execution than actually what was going to happen that I was interested in. If that makes sense. Yeah. So is there yeah, anything, I'm, Oh, go ahead. No, I was about to say, I mean, in season six, didn't Arya, she got stabbed like how many times in her stomach and a survived <laughs> after falling in a disgusting <laughs> pool of water. And then doing I that mean, parkour running thing, which <laughs> with the Terminator behind her, which I which think is special. pretty hard even without being stabbed, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. She's pretty fit though, so, you know. I was like, yeah, but I mean, just a little bit of stitching up and a good night's sleep. That'll, that'll fix her. (laughs) So like when a show does that to me, like I know I'm like, okay, so you just, you're just not doing that whole stakes thing. Then you're just going to kill the the randos and the, you're going to kill the extra number 35 that nobody cares about or someone who hasn't been here for five seasons, which Bron should have died this season. Torben should should have have died this season. A, and people that would like have been, them, so there would have been impact, but I don't know. Like, dude bros are so important to this story, so I guess not. Uh, it drives me nuts. So, uh, was there any favorite plots or moments that you had this season? <laughs> That's <a> really long <laughs> silence is deafening. The favorite moment was definitely, I mean, because my favorite episode was episode four. Is that the... The they field call of it fire. the loot train battle, but that's the dumbest fucking name ever. Yeah, the field of fire. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna call yeah, field of fire. That yeah, that was my favorite episode. So that yeah, favorite moment was all of that, everything that happened there. I think my favorite moment was actually in the first episode, and it was I think it was in the first episode that the Hound meets up with Thoros and Beric, oh. and they kind of have that you know basically that conversation, and the Hound kind of you know becoming the grave digger. Um, in that moment, like that was actually, like that was the only part of the season that felt like the books to me, because there was some emotional resonance to it, and there was some emotional kind of spiritual stakes even, and that's such a big part. I mean, not the spiritual part of it, but to me, that's such a big part of Feast, and it's just something that's never been on the show. There were two moments I liked. But they weren't favorites, and they were small things. I liked the conversation Brienne and Sandor had about Arya, um, and hopefully my coworker never ever finds his podcast. Um, <laughs> but she basically said it was like watching two divorced parents at their kids' ball game. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I kind of like agree with that. Yes. And oh, um, the god. other one I liked was. Um, it was when Danny does her, I can never have children. The dragons are the only ones I will ever have. And John's like, well, who told you that? And then she <laughs> says it and he's like, and you didn't think that maybe <laughs> because that was just such a moment where it's like, yeah, you idiot. You know, you don't listen to the villain telling you or the person who wants to kill you. It's, you know, <laughs> yeah. that was it pretty much. I, I, I mean, the spectacle is pretty cool. The battles are cool, but I don't know. It didn't. You don't think anyone's going to die, and you don't really think there's going to be any consequences. Or anyone I care about. Or it yeah, takes me he, out of it a bit. You're on basically mowed down the sand snakes, and I could give a fuck. Oh, they did that. Oh my god, I, I forgot, about, forgot the sand about that. Snakes. Yeah, but I mean. See, you made my point. But I mean. <laughs> 
I, you know, I a forgot and B, I never cared about them in the show. I was much more interested in those characters in the books. And Alaria, I really thought was a really cool character in the book. Cause talk about someone subverting a trope book. Alaria is not about vengeance after Oberon dies. She's like, this is like, this cycle is, you know, damning us and we need to, this is not, this is not the way to be. And then they changed her into this cardboard sex starved I, whack job. I, I will never I forgive mean, them for what, what they did to This is what happens when you don't have never. Ariane, which I'm still puzzled by the absence of that character. I would have thought they would have loved her. Right? I, I mean, they could have cast a really hot chick. Here, but I'm, they could have done entire stories and about him. Yeah. Well, and I think if you're going to do Dorn, like you could, I feel like they could have easily have not done Dorn with the way that they adapted the story. But if they yep. were going to do Dorn, then, you know, you bring in, you set, you bring Arianne with Oberyn and Ilaria in season four. You have, you know, you get, let the audience get to know her, really like her. Then you send her to Dorn with like Bronn and Bronn can be the Ares Oakheart and she does him in. Yeah. You know, and I mean, we kind of hate her, but we'd kind of like, you know, well, she would have been interesting. And, and, let, yeah. and let me say that casting Alexander Siddig, when I've heard he had been, he'd been cast for Duran, oh, I was thrilled. I was I'm so like, excited. Yes, he will do such justice to that character. He's the perfect fit. And then they had him on screen for all of, what, five minutes? Well, it's like still, the guy they yeah, cast they to be Mance. I mean, they yeah. wasted oh. his talent. Kieran, don't even start me with Kieran Hines. He's like, oh, <laughs> the best. Um, yeah, I think, you know, one thing that bothers me with the Sand Snakes that you know definitely happened in season seven was, I feel like the writers took out the negative opinions on the actresses and they made them say yeah. things and they gave them scenes that were somewhat demeaning, frankly. And it's like yeah. the actresses weren't the problem; the writing was the problem. And you know, yeah. and one terrible, you know, one terrible sword fight, or you know fight i guess not sword fight. but again they're actors it's not like they came in and said okay we're gonna do our own stunt choreography that's somebody's you know they hire experts to do that so that's the not the fault of the actresses that's the yeah, fault of I, whoever the hell they have planning the sword I fight think the script treated those actresses really poorly and that kind of that really bothers me like i don't really you know i don't really care for their characters in the books or in the show but it bothers me when you see people treated like that and Anyone again, else they have did the some... Ross thing oh, with the yeah. displaying of the body, acting like, see, they got what what happened. And it's just like, fuck you, you're the dumbass that wrote this story. Although you the, should be the irony the of it is by like the time this. by the time they killed her, I think like the audience kinda liked her a lot. Like she was a really good actress. Who? The girl that Roz? played Roz as maybe Oh yeah, I love. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I thought she, she was an interesting character. Yeah, and she was no, she situated was good, but in a people good. People complained, and they got rid of her in this really disgusting way. Yeah, she's and the one who didn't want to do nudity anymore, right? Yeah, and it's just like, and it's oh, it pisses me off because it's like you're the shitty writer, and you're acting like, oh, let's get rid of this dead weight. So like, uh, no, you're the dead. And, and, and like five-year-olds. These guys have, if they ever have tasteful nudity, and it's happened once or twice, it's been by pure accident. I swear to God, these people do not know what they're doing with that. Well, and I, and think I cannot fault these actors for not wanting to continue to do that. You know, I think that they de- so. 
if anyone else has any favorite plots or moments, like speak oh up right. now or forever hold your peace, because I feel like we're just going to go like oh. down the hill Sorry. here. Sorry. Elena, just oh, Elena. Elena. Yeah. yeah, she wasn't there long, and I hated her advice to Danny, but Elena. I think well, it's Diana me. fucking rig. I mean, yeah, yeah. All right, it's and that's... point. But well, it's Elena. you bring someone like that on. I mean, she did her best with what they gave her. And God knows sometimes what they gave her was stupid. But, you know, that's why you hire these British actors who just they go in, they do their thing, they move on. You know, yeah. I think it was very. I mean, rev- oh, go ahead. Jim, Jim Broadbent was unrecognizable to me. He was awesome. He was Ooh, actually. You know what? Good. I, I want to like, go I, back. He I was, keep, that was the other plot I really enjoyed. And that might be because I'm an academic, but it worked for me. Yeah, the Citadel stuff was, that was really good. No, I mean, it, it was a like beautiful whole... set, too. Like, it was just a beautiful, you know, it felt like another, it felt like a different world. And I, I like the fact that Sam didn't go in there and instantly get everyone to listen to him, even though he's, you know, telling the truth. He still had to earn his spurs, yeah. so to Although, speak. He really didn't. He he did the freshman cop out. I'm gonna go be you know Steve Jobs or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But if anyone's gonna do that, it's gonna be you know it's gonna Sam. be Sam. I thought that in the you know I I can't watch the after the episode things anymore because I oh, just God. can't even look at their faces. But I, um, I heard I have like a brand new flat screen, and if I watched those, I would like have hurled something through it. <laughs> I heard that you know, kind of the genesis of the whole white hunt was that they wanted to get that dragon up there, and then they worked Ugh. backwards to figure out how that happened. Oh, and I thought that was like, are you kidding? Like, very Why? revealing of how they plot. Like they plotted the season that okay, here you know, here are a dozen moments that we want to have on the show, and they would do that, but they didn't necessarily either follow through on what that moment meant or build up to it in a logical way. And, you know, when we were talking about the tasteful nudity, it actually reminded me of this because I was thinking of the Grey Worm Missende scene, which, you know, I think that was, they wanted to write a romantic, um, a romantic love scene. But I mean, then there was no follow-up. Like we see them, you know, we see Missende, we see Grey Worm back at Dragonstone, but they don't even have any dialogue with each other. There's no, oh my god, you're still, you know, I was so worried that something had happened to you. You know, there's nothing. It was just like, well, here's they, the scene of them having sex, but we're not well, going to bother to, like, actually give them a romance and a relationship. So this well, speaking means... Speaking of Grey Worm, ahead, though, um, they had... The Unsullied being attacked by Euron Greyjoy, and they had no resolution to that. Yeah. They just. See, it I seems don't... to me that there's two things to take from this. One is that they're doing plot driven rather than character driven stuff, which explains so much. Um, well, there's three things. Second is they don't <laughs> know what they're doing. And the third, I keep coming back to this. This is like the fanfic I see written by 15 year olds. And I'm not, oh if you're 15 years old out there writing fanfic, it's fine. You're allowed to do this. Also, it's part 15, of learning. How I don't to know write. if you legally can listen to us. So. Well, they, we already know we've got a couple. The one whose mother doesn't oh, know yeah. because we swear, but or I swear. But it it reminds me of the kind of stuff you read. And I wrote when I was 15 and didn't know what fanfic was. I just wrote it. You want to do a scene, right? And so that's the cool scene. That's the scene that you're dying to do, but you don't do 
all the spade work to make that scene like have an impact. And that's what they do. They just want to get to the point. They want to have this happen, but they don't care how they get there. They don't care if it makes any sense or they don't seem to know that it would be so much better if you made it make it sense. They don't want to put the work into what is often, to be fair, the boring part of writing, but it's the necessary part of writing. There's a payoff. There's an impact. But in order to do that, you can't just, you know. And some of the decisions I thought were bizarre. Like, you know, obviously on this podcast, we pay a little bit more attention to Jamie's plot. And, um, you know, Nikolai oh, Kostrowaldo's comments Ugh. just on, you know, why can't he talk? Why can't he say things? And, you know, Jamie continually had these these like half-assed conversations with Tyrion, with Cersei, with Olena, with Brienne, with Bronn, and like they never let him actually say anything. Huh. Like it never got past like the first level, or maybe not even like the first half level. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I know some of it's oh, we've got to you know, we got to hide it. We got to hide it for the big reveal, but. Yeah, but you don't. There are ways around that. And I'm not a professional writer, and I know this. These people purport to be, I mean, they're, and again, I keep getting, you know, I get a lot of, uh, like, pushback from people in my life going, well, you know, you shouldn't be so critical. And it's like, this is not the show your friends are putting on in their backyard or financing with their credit card. This is a multi-million dollar international production and you know forgive me for expecting them to adhere to a certain basic standard i'm not watching a soap (laughs) i'm not watching you know this is supposed to be like prime time good tv and it's not and it's just people act like people who have standards with game of thrones or like some kind of tv snob i'm like no you literally call yourself prestige television yeah. Okay, like you're on HBO. Learn yeah. how to freaking write. Like I genuinely believe they're incompetent. Like that's what I think. And with Jamie, it's very simple. Jamie is a smart character. They don't know how to write smartly. Therefore, they will not write for well, Jamie. And they don't they understand. They don't understand just, Jamie. Yeah. No, they don't. They don't understand anything or know anything about him. Past he pushed right out of the window. He stabbed the. Mad King in the back, and apparently, it takes White Walkers for him to draw the line with Cersei, not which I'm not even murdering. satisfied with because I'm like, fuck you, Jamie. She blew up the sept. What yeah. more yeah. did you need? And that's that's the kind of th- stuff that he shivved errors for, you know. Yeah. And if you can't, if if you can't write it, that's fine. You have, they have other strengths. There are other things they're good at. Hire some people. Can. I mean, I can think of someone off the top of my head named like Ostrowaldo that I feel <laughs> would be qualified to write Jamie. He's a writer. He's written Jamie and Brienne fanfic. I, you know, I think he, I think he 100% could do this. You know, like give him, you know, give him a shot. And yeah, it's it's frustrating because so this is my my thing I was thinking of over the long weekend. This is I have mowing the lawn thoughts. Thoughts I have while mowing the lawn. And I was wondering if it's going to be like super annoying if I were to post a fanfic called 
Like, the five times I wrote a better plot for Jamie and Brienne than TNT did. And just, like, five different plots for season seven that I thought of while mowing the lawn that I thought were better than the bad. I am begging you to put that out in the universe. (laughs) That would be amazing. Yeah. I I concur. This must be... So this might happen. ...and given to the world. (laughs) This may or may not happen. Um, I'm just going to say there might be... Well, no, it's not a fake. It's an arranged marriage trope might be one of them. Um, yeah, but it's fine. Spoiler, There's nothing oh, no, I'm not... Compl- no gotta, one should complain about that. Right. <laughs> any, um, you know, any other, any other good moments on the show? Um, I don't mean to keep pressing for, the, for anything <laughs> good um, if, it, if we're I not liked, feeling it. I liked Beyond... Yeah, well, baby Theon. Oh, Alfie Allen's a great yes, actor. Alfie they Allen, need to oh give him gosh. more to do that's not, you know, dick jokes mm. or lack so, of dick jokes. Actually, this is a, this is a good question on my list here. So, who is everyone's season MVP from in the actor category? So, I'm also going to ask the same this thing season? from a character. But you know, this season, who's your who's your MVP actor or actress? I want to go with Jim Broadbent. With a t- now, you know, a tie between him and Alfie Allen. I thought they were both excellent. Yeah, I think um, uh, Alfie Allen and Lena. Yeah, those two. I'll go with Rory McCann because I think, I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention, but I feel like his acting this season definitely had more depth. And it felt like he had, even though I didn't see it, it felt like there was a journey to arrive to where he is in season seven and he felt organic. Like it didn't feel false. So, and it was also surprising because I think other actors, obviously you already know how good they are, but him, like, I, I guess I just hadn't, I just really liked the hound this season and he made sense. So I'm going to have to go with Alfie Allen, as I said earlier, and I'm going to have also echo joy and say Rory McGann, because I think, both of them took what was given to them and get, and did their very darndest to give it some gravitas. And in some cases actually managed to succeed. So I'm going to say Nikolai for the actor because I think he literally had to do everything with his face. They gave him no oh. words. And so he just had to do everything with his face. And I think, you know... He did a pretty incredible job, given that he had no words. But I think, you know, Alfie obviously is amazing. And then, um, you know, when I was thinking of this, when I was actually when I was putting it in actor and character categories, I was literally thinking of Sandra Clegane as the character. That's kind of why I wanted to separate it, because I wanted to call out (laughs) that, you know, if I had a season MVP for the character, and I I think I I just want to say everything Joy did, that... Sander to me felt like someone who had this organic journey and someone that a character that I didn't, you know, like I like the hound the way everyone likes the hound, but um, I wasn't like, Oh my God, I love the hound. But I really, by the end of the season, I was kind of like, I freaking love the hound. Like, I love that guy. I'm going to be devastated if something happens to him in theory. I mean, they might write it stupid, but so he was my character MVP. Anyone else uh, have a character MVP? Hmm. Theon. Theon? Theon. Yeah, Theon. Yeah, also the Hound as well. He was, yeah, he was really good this season. Just mostly because it was such a, you know, screw you moment. I did, I did like Elena with her little truth bomb. 
Although I really think it would have been far more effective if she just said, I already took the poison, you know, guess what? But I, 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 I think it would have been better ba- if she was like, I have an a- after Jamie left, if like you see her, like, good thing I developed <laughs> that immunity. <laughs> but no, but I mean, I thought it was like a well done. She handled that well. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, most of the people I don't you know. I'm, we have some mail and I'm going to be ripping them apart um, because the Sansa Aria thing just killed me. God, like Uh, their reunion would have been my favorite moment had they not undercut it with the rest of what they did. That was so bad. I can't. I mean, I like I like Liana. I like little bits here and there. There's really, I guess, I really like the Citadel stuff. I mean, other than the overly long scenes of piss collection and pus draining, which could have really we could have they could have cut that down to like five seconds and that would have been more than enough. But other than that, that whole thing felt legit to me. Like they had done some world building. It felt like there was something going on there. That was, I would say definitely MVP, the hound and then the maester because the hound obviously talks about it, but also the maester. I just really appreciated the idea that like, no, like, Clearly, you're not lying because who goes around making up that White Walkers are there? Mm. He uses logic, but he also is like, and logic also tells me that the wall has been there. So I don't, I can't really, you know, like sound make, the alarms too much. Yeah, because that's panic in and of itself, and it really does actually echo their job in the books, which one of their main main jobs is to keep the history and keep the peace and be the advisors of the kingdom. So there's like, yeah. oh my god, like you know sense making and brain fire brain cells firing this is exciting but yeah so i've got a couple like more him. just two more big questions before we we get into the mailbox they're pretty broad <laughs> um this is gonna be a tough one so on a scale of a through f what's your grade <laughs> for the season oh no that's easy that's an f um. i mean i'm done i i I reserve the right to change my mind, but I don't even think (laughs) the only thing I might do. And I think I would do it just for the sheer entertainment fact is I might watch with the sound off, but that's it. (laughs) I don't care. Steven Delane was coming back and we found out that Nope. Stannis really didn't die. (laughs) Yeah, that might do it. Or I don't know if they cast my hot old men as hot old zombies. Maybe I'd turn up the sound, but I'm done. There you go. Um, but no, I'm, I really, I love you guys. And I really didn't mean to give notice in a, a fan mail last episode, but I'm not, I don't need this. I'm, I'm too old to waste time on shit. At least, you know, badly done shit where they killed my, uh, you know, they don't know what they're doing. So I give this an F. Okay. There was, that's it. <laughs> Anyone else want to grade it? Grade some papers. Uh. Season season five for me was an F, and this wasn't as bad, I don't think, but it was still bad. D-minus? So maybe a D minus. Yeah, I think we're going D minus. Um, in my university, there's this like um, administrative grade that you get when you withdraw from the course past the time where you can still change up your schedule. Oh. And I believe it's a Z. And that's, that's what I'm going to give them that's because totally they did what not it is. finish the coursework. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's an incomplete. incomplete. It's incomplete. incomplete. It's that's just the US work. version. 
I I would just basically attach a teacher's note to it saying, please see me after class. (laughs) See, I was going to give it a C minus in terms of, I thought, like, some of the visual spectacle. Because, I mean, you know, writing is 75, 75, 80% of it, maybe. Maybe, you know, somewhere in that range. But the other, like, 20, 25% of it, they do, like, the spectacle of it, is amazing and like those dragons compared to where they were even like two seasons ago are like flipping amazing if you know if only they would outsource the actual writing to someone else and they would handle the show running i think you could have something you know really special with it so i want to give them some credit for the spectacle but also acknowledge that um the writing was terrible and it flat out kills me that if George R. R. Martin croaks tomorrow, this will be the actual end of the Song of Ice and Fire. Okay, so this Not question is, this is kind of a so hard he, he, question. I, I, need, I need to put him on basically a heart-healthy diet as soon as possible. You know, he's lived <laughs> no, like 60 plus years. People need to start practicing witchcraft at he's this fine. point. I don't care what happens. He's got all that good New Mexico final. chili. He'll be fine. <laughs> So, after this season, are you guys more or less excited for season eight? I'm just kind of like, bring it on. You've you've showed me your best. You've showed me your worst. Now, let's just end this. Let's come to the end. I want it to be over because I don't want to hear about it anymore, and it will die. It will be like Lost, which no one talks about anymore. I mean, it'll be like, it'll, people will go and move on to the next thing. But I'm not excited for it in any way. Cause I'm more I'm excited a- in terms of it being over. And I mean, <laughs> I'm just on some level, I think. Yeah, I mean, on some level, I do expect that Jamie and Brianna will go canon. And, you know, I don't know that George is ever going to write a book. So this is all I got. Devin, how yeah. about you? Uh, I mean, I, I'm not excited. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm ready for it to be over. Isn't it terrible when you think about here we are, five people who are voluntarily on a podcast to talk about a TV <laughs> show, and our level of excitement is meh. Our average grade, I think, was like a D minus. And, you know. Yeah, you know, some stuff happened, but no one's really that excited. You know, no one's really that happy about it. I fi- I think that um, the more it feels to me like almost the more you care about the show, the more you disliked it this season, which is really you know a sad well, commentary. A, I think part of yeah. it is expectation. Yeah, like I think that's part of it. Like a lot of the people I work with and who are friends of mine who love the show, they're not they're not like me. Like they don't read fanfic they don't write it they don't do the gift sets they don't haunt tumblr for stills they don't follow up they're just sitting down and watching a tv show it's very low investment in their on their part so they're easily satisfied whereas you know i do all of the, i don't make gift sets but i mean i do all those things and i'm you know i comb tumblr and i look at the things and i think about it and i wonder and and then you know the execution sucks, so I'm much more critical, maybe. I don't know. That's the only thing I can come up with. So I actually I have would one like more question. Oh, go ahead. Oh. I, I would like someone to just give me money. 
just give me money so I can hire these actors and hire some decent <laughs> writers and put them in something where they can actually act well. Be- because they we've got a phenomenal cast. Yeah. Oh my God. We're capable of amazing things. And it's just the potential. There's so much potential. Oh, and can you believe the rate of success they had with child actors? Yeah. Yeah. Like that alone is ridiculous. Well, then Nina Gold knows what she's doing. Uh, I mean, she can cast the next version of it, probably. Let's find out how she is. I I, I lied. I have one more question for you guys if you want to answer it. So, how much do you hate when people who are casual show watchers say, hey, what'd you think about it? Because you can't really say (laughs) (laughs) You can't really answer it. You can't answer that question in any authentic way. Like, you just have to, like, smile and nod. Uh, (laughs) I I was starting to be very, like, divorcing myself, very disappointed. And I get drawn into these questions. Uh, about it and I kept saying you know I really I don't want to spoil your enjoyment you know <laughs> whatever and um, but they keep pressing me and then the finale aired and I'm like yeah I'm looking for a new show <laughs> and I'm like yeah I found I think I'm going to try this Black Sails because I hear they're very pretty oh, people watch, watch it watch it it's, a, it's an amazing goofy. show See, there you go and I'm like and they apparently have um, gay characters who are not fridged and all that so yes. that'll be fun and that was what I was telling people. And they're like looking at me and I'm like, I'm not talking about the show. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that's, I just that's my recommendation. Take, the take your time eyes. and energy and put it into black sales. Like, okay, well, great. You know, and it's, there's like four seasons. So if I don't like it, I'm, you know, but the first season's a little uneven. It really hits its stride with the second season. And I heard that and I got, I did, I did put out a couple queries about it and I found, you know, there's, um, those PowerPoints you'll see on Tumblr yeah. where they have the white layout with the comic sans. And I'm like, yep, I'm sold. That looks good. We'll go to that. <laughs> you know, really, that should just be like a thing that all the networks do because I feel like that would like pretty much be it. So, Kama, do you want to do – you're not leaving – Kama's not leaving the podcast. She's no, just not going to podcast not... on Game of Thrones episodes. Yeah. So six episodes, essentially. So this is going to be your final Game of Thrones-oriented mailbag if you want to give it a shot. Other people have anything else to add to that question? or? Oh, I just stare into people's eyes and say, oh, I think it's trash, and just walk away. <laughs> That's my new and... favorite. I just okay. smile and nod. <laughs> Yeah, I, now I just usually let them talk about it. I don't really. I try not to say much because if I do, then I'll. Uh, yeah. There's no point anymore. <laughs> I, I just smile and nod and tell them to read the books. That's what I do. Okay. Uh, what has become of us? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have a lot of mail. Um, And some of it will require our input. So that'll be good. Um, The first one was sent to Lot and she passed it along to us, I believe. And it's from someone named Blah Blah Blinks. And it has to do with the Brienne and Arya fight. So I'm listening to your podcast and I can't figure how that scene left you so baffled. Um, I presume she's talking about the... The the Arya-Brienne sparring scene? Yeah. 
Um, I apologize ahead of time for the length of this ex- explanation of that seam and it, and if it seems a little all over the place. First, Sansa's reaction was fear of Arya. It's not poor writing. The hold, hold off. <laughs> the whole reaction was to show how they each became more of themselves in season one, back when all Sansa was to be a lady of, and Sansa seeing Arya actually turning into that badass little warrior she always wanted to be. Remember how Sansa was always so annoyed how Arya didn't want to be the stereotypical lady of Westeros? Plus, with Bran, she realized that list was real. The one she laughed at when originally told, thinking it was a joke, like, ha-ha, that's, that's still the same Arya, hold off, uh, wanting to fight and be a warrior like she always did. But her oh-snap moment was when she realized the list was real once Bran mentioned that he thought she'd be chasing down Cer- Cersei during the, due to the list. Seeing the way she could fight and very much handle her own against one of the best swords in Westeros, she has an, oh, fuck, not only is that list real, but maybe Arya is actually going to be killing, going and killing these people on that list. She actually became that badass warrior she wanted to be. The fight was also believable, though. Size does not matter in a fight. Not if you know how to fight. Needle would hold up against Oathbreaker. Hold off. Uh, which wasn't used or was a wooden sword. It was a dull metal sword. But w- it would have held up because they're not colliding. With the smaller sword, you're redirecting the swing and using it to help push yourself out of the way. The fact that Brienne is larger actually makes it easier for Arya to beat her, not harder. She can dance around her and move much, more, much, much faster. Obviously, when Brienne connects, it would hurt as demonstrated by the kick. But Arya's agility would make that quite difficult for that hit to land, which was shown with the way she kept bouncing around. Arya is also much more skilled if a fighter. Remember, not that long Ooh. ago, she blind. Hold off. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's tempting. Um. I actually have comments in the, the mail doc, so I don't forget. Um, sorry, that's me, not her. Um, Arya is also that much more skilled a fighter. Remember, not that long ago, she was blind. And being trained to fight the Iron Bank's assassin, as you so comically put it in the earlier in this episode. So imagine what she could do with full sight. Oh, you don't have to because they wrote that in. And Littlefinger's reaction was obvious as well. Knowing how character and how, I think that's knowing his character and how he's always plotting. He obviously thinks he can use Arya and her skill set he just learned about to his advantage while trying to reclimb that chaos ladder. While I do love your guys' podcast, you all dropped the ball on your analysis review of the scene. Sorry, it just bothered me, obviously, that all of you just seem to go brain dead here and forget the previous six seasons of character development you watched. (laughs) (laughs) The Double Ds are doing a great job at the story this season. Don't hate just because George Martin isn't there to make sure a penis is listening to every other shot. (laughs) So I actually comment in the Google Doc. Okay, first of all, it's not Oathbreaker, it's Oathkeeper. Let's let's start there. Um, Second of all, I really think there's a big difference between wanting to be a knight and becoming someone who has a list of people you recite over and over in your head that you're going to kill. Um, Those are two comments I had. And while I cannot speak to the sword fighting at all, I think also 
it wasn't that Arya ever expressed wanting to be a knight to Sansa. It was just she was not good at doing the Lady of the Manor stuff. Um, I, I really disagree so, almost entirely with this whole post. I'll, I'll maybe the fighting. I don't know enough about that. But no, the rest of this, no, because you know who are not who are not good fighters typically, and who there are not armies made of five foot girls. <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter. I could be more skilled than Gwendolyn Christie. She's going to kick my ass because she is like a foot and a half taller than me. Every and time. it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it just literally does not matter. This is why larger I mean, people are better it, in fights. And maybe it just, it just like, seemed like a, like something out of Chibi Tropes, like the whole waifu thing where, you know, your Joss Whedon girl who's about 90 pounds dripping wet I'm like summer glasses of 200 pound men. I mean, maybe if it was in an alley in a bar fight or something, but well, I mean, I if I could no, like no, no, fight like, dirty, sure. But I mean, they weren't my whole thing here. That's killing me <sighs> is the, this thing with the list. It, I, first of all, I don't think what that reaction was, it was not so much. Oh, this is Aria wanting to be that little badass, or the badass she wanted to be when she was nine. No, I think this is her going. Holy fuck! My sister's a sociopath, and my brother is too. I mean, that's how I react. <laughs> because and the she, last she's time not I wrong. Sat, I mean, <laughs> I mean, knights. That's the whole ideal. Like they're not supposed to go out and you know have a list of you know a kill list. It's no, you're supposed to go. I mean, I think if Arya wanted to do anything, you know, it wasn't to go become a stone cold assassin. It was she wanted to be a knight and fight in battles, and then she learned how horrible the world was. and also, I don't know what you're talking about. The previous six seasons of character development. I mean, I I just I can't even. Well, I think you kind of betray the the char- You know, you betray a lot of that character develop. You know, so-called character development by making them sisters who've gone through these these incredible traumas, and then making them unable to even have a single conversation, which would solve their problems, because. Bitches be fighting. I don't know. I mean, I feel yes, like that's, that's where they went. That's exactly what it is. And just like, first of all, with the, the fighting thing, Brienne is not just taller. She is stronger. She has a longer reach. She is super agile. I mean, I don't... Right. She And she has and like a Arya ton of endurance. Arya was not trained to be a fighter. Arya was trained to be an assassin. Assassins don't face the people they want to kill. They kill them yeah. in ways that you don't get detected. Yeah, okay, anyone so who's like, played D&D can tell you there's a difference between a fighter and an assassin. Yeah, and like, and I'm sorry, Arya's not a little warrior badass. She's a serial killer, okay? That's literally, she's motivated show by Arya. killing people. Yeah. Like, book Arya is not a serial killer, but show Arya apparently has no compulsion compulsion about, you know, oh, Mass hey, murder. maybe I might kill you, maybe I might not, because apparently I'm so right or die for Jon Snow that I'm like, oh, wow, my sister, who I haven't seen in so long, the last time I saw her was when my our father was getting his head cut off. But I don't care about her. I don't care what happened to her for all these years. I don't know how she managed to get the castle back. Anything, I don't care, because apparently I'm a little sociopath who makes the same joke with some random-ass, Ed Sheeran-looking 
Lannister soldiers and her sister. Because apparently this is, oh my god, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm just like so pissed right now. Let it out, baby. Let it out. How can you insult Brienne like this? I don't understand. I have been looking forward to this Arya Sansa reunion for so long. I've been looking forward to the Stark siblings reuniting for so long. And then they did this to me. And this was part of my, yeah, I'm done here. I, it was such a crime. And it could have been done so much better than they did. <sighs> Everything after their initial meet in the crypts is just bad writing. It's, it's terrible. Oh, my God. I mean, like, the problem that what they've done now is that I don't, like... Arya is my favorite character in the books. Like, I love that character so much. Maisie is one of my favorite actors in the show. And I just always thought her performance was so interesting. But literally, who they've made Arya to be... Like, you could forgive what happened before this season because it was logistics bullshit, right? But this season, this is who Arya is. And I'm sorry, but if Arya had died this episode, I wouldn't have given a single shit. <laughs> I would have been like, well, bye, girl. I like I don't I don't care. You're just a sociopath. Like, why do I care? Like, I've watched Ansa go through so many disgusting, terrible things for them to sweep them under the rug and be like, well, she's stronger now. And then we're going to have Arya, the avatar of like apparently badass ladies, be all like I don't care what you went through. And then at the end, too, they're like, oh, yeah, no, you would have survived what Sansa went through. What? And the irony is, is they had the time. They had the time to make this work. They could have done several things that would have been so much more effective. And they wanted to do the dude bro stuff. They wanted to do the cock jokes. They wanted to do the stupid white hunt. They cut a couple episodes short. You know, they had the order from HBO would have let them do if they had wanted to do 10 apps. Although I don't think I would have had it in me to watch 10, but they could have. Well, and, um, I think and they, they didn't just, do that. They didn't do any, the Winterfell plot as, as it were was, you know, somewhat lacking, which I'm sure we have plenty more mail about. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Yeah. Uh, take uh, I think it goes and it goes back to that they like the writing backwards. Like they knew Littlefinger needed to die. They had no clue how to get there. Yeah. Well, apparently the actor who played Bran has stated that there was a scene in which Bran approached Sansa about Littlefinger. We actually have mail about that, but I gotta find the actual and and it was Uh. cut. Yeah, we had, I got to find it. We have a lot of mail, so just keep talking for a second. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, I mean, we have, granted, like, I would have Granted, I would have hated to have, have had the day be saved by the all-seeing, you right. know, mail. But well, at the and same I don't even time, think it's, yeah, it's not that so much as it still doesn't, you know, if Bran comes in and saves the day, it doesn't really solve the issue of the fact that they set the Stark girls up to work against each other for no yeah, apparent right, reason. Yeah. And that they drink, like, I don't understand even at the end where she's like, does it bother you that I'm the Lady of Winterfell? Like, really? Like That's this, what you come up with? Yeah. I was just, are you, like, I'm sorry, Sansa is stupid now. She, like, the whole 
thesis of their entire misery porn was that, oh, look at Sansa learning about human beings. Well, apparently her brain left. Because when there's not another dumber person in the, in the, in the story, all of a sudden Sansa just becomes this paranoid like person who's just like clutching at her at her seat because she's so power hungry and she admires Cersei. Yeah, the, the Cersei yeah. admiration and, was a was a bit much. Oh here we go. I and think it's, it's, it's so it, it did it did no. seem like, you know, in the earlier scenes of the episode that Sansa was drinking that Kool-Aid. As, she as was, far though. as you know you know, I think, and I can't find it. Oh, here we go. Okay, this was from an Anon who said, um, Hi, I had a question for your Season 7 episode. I've seen it speculated that there were scenes filmed for Season 7 that never aired. Well, this is not quite what I was thinking of. Um, but it still applies. Okay, scenes filmed for Season 7 that never aired and are presumably being held for Season 8. Um, the most notable example is obviously Cersei's miscarriage, which you guys discovered in the seven, seven episode, but there were other scenes mentioned by various actors throughout season seven filming press that never made into the season. Do you think they purposely filmed scenes last year for season eight? And if so, can you speculate why? No, that is I not think, what I was thinking of, but I don't think that they did. I think that sometimes yeah. actors and by actors, I mean, Gwendolyn Christie, um, <laughs> totally like are living in AU in their head and talk shit in the press about shit well, that actually never like you know if you would have listened to her describing Bren, Brienne's season 5 plot I mean it bore no resemblance to what actually happened so I think well I mean I do thinking. think like that I that scene that they referenced with Bran is probably one of them there are probably a few that make yeah, the cutting room floor and I don't know yeah, um, that they actually shot that they, they just left out, which yeah, I'm he, very he, upset he about. Des- oh, sorry, um, what scene? He was described that? the scene basically. He descri- uh, Isaac Hempstead, right? Described the scene, and he was basically like, and chronologically, that scene happens after episode six, where Arya charmingly says that she could wear Sansa's face, mm-hmm. and no basically. How he described it is we actually did a, sea- a scene, sorry, that clearly got cut, a short scene with Sansa where she knocks on Bran's door and says, I need your help. So basically, the story was that it suddenly occurred to Sansa that she had a huge CCTV department at her discretion. And it might be a good idea to check with him first before she guts her own sister. So she goes to Bran and Bran tells her everything she needs to know. And she's like, oh, sh- so she learned. So Sansa learned nothing at all. She, see, this, you know, no, she she right. she believed it until the point that she talked to the one male relative that they have in the castle, because that's the only way they could solve this. And this is so stupid. This is so stupid. I mean, they could have written an actual arc where, like, Aidan Gillen actually got some lines. They could have had. Some suspense going on. They could have had the sisters actively trying to pit themselves against him, given them some agency. It kept us kind of, it would have helped because there was a whole point in this last, the last episode where it was sort of dead. The pacing was kind of not there and it would have kept that part going and it would have been tension and they still could have had conflict because you know what? 
they are sisters. You do have like years of history, but not stupid the way these men write it history, but you know, like actual sibling dynamic going on there, maybe disagreeing about how to go against Littlefinger and does Littlefinger know what they're doing or not or, and then that would have worked so much better. And like even have disagreements since Sansa is so worried about being Lady of Winterfell. Disagreement about leadership, which they started mm-hmm. with when she was like, Arya was like, basically, we should cut the heads off of the people who disagree with John. And Sansa is like, yeah, no, that's not, that's not it- what we do here. And more importantly, I almost did the same thing earlier, which is something they would have had in common. But then I realized that being merciful is actually the best course of action in the situation we're in. Why does it have to be so stupid? And why, like, I just don't understand the conflict of, like, apparently Arya is super worried about Jon Snow's crown. Like, I don't... I just don't understand where that this jealousy over Sansa liking nice things. I mean, this is just stupid. And, it, like, it really seems to stem chiefly, this is what I got out of it, was that if Sansa had stayed in her old bedroom, none of this would have happened. <laughs> I mean, really, that's how it read to me, that that was like the tipping point oh, that boy. she was moved into a better bedroom. And it's just like... Well, I mean, having watched The Real Housewives of New York City, this is actually a very important issue. And this does strike me as something that I would say is apparently typical in female friendship. So I do think that this is one of the things that D&D got right in the season is, you know, the importance of the bedroom. Of course. <laughs> no, you know okay. what? You're right. I have I have threatened to kill my sister over who got the best, I mean, who know, the best corner of the bedroom. Well, you know, I, oh, the house, you, my brother and I literally fought, like physically fought when we were kids. But, you know, when you get to a certain age, things like who got the last slice of pie or whatever. Oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even go there. (laughs) With a knife going after her siblings. No. Do I have to tell you the, do I have to tell the pie story? (laughs) My sister. (laughs) I don't know. My sister and her husband and I go to this diner in the middle of nowhere and we get lunch and we decide that we're going to get some pie to bring home that we're going to have for dessert after dinner so we get two pieces of pie different kinds of pie we're gonna split the two pieces of pie amongst three people my sister takes the one kind of pie and takes three quarters of it and then passes it to her husband and me and we're both like what the fuck like you can't do that well i didn't want the other kind well you know no this is split equally and, I mean, this is years ago, and clearly, like, I'm still upset about it. So, <laughs> I will say that, that, see, they could have written that. Like, Arya brings back a fucking wolf loaf from Hot Pie, and she and Sansa get pissed off over who gets more of it. Like, that actually could be a plot. I would have enjoyed that so, thoroughly. Guile, so I think the question we're all wanting to ask here is, are you podcasting from your prison cell? <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just saying that when there's a family gathering, that story is going to be brought up because it was just incredibly (laughs) selfish. But see, even petty things like that, they can be funny because they can happen and, you know, they look at each other and they're like, oh, my God, we're we're however many years older than we were 
since season one, how stupid was that? And then they can laugh about it. It's just the, oh. Yeah, they don't, they don't know how to write that. They don't know how to write women. I mean, I don't understand. Do they, are they married? Do they know women? Do they not? Yeah, the one's married to, uh, what's her name? Amanda Pete, which he he makes abundantly clear (laughs) when possible. What? The one, is it Hare or no Hare? Hare is married to Amanda Pete. Who? Uh, she's an, an oh, yeah. actress. I mean, never heard of her. Way out of his league, I think, too. Oh yeah. Oh, she's so funny. All right, let's. Uh, we have a lot of mail. Uh, Sorry. It's okay. No, it's good because I I marked this up like crazy because it was driving me bonkers. And it's not that I don't respect other opinions. It's like, no, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> well, at least I, I I will concede certain things. But the, uh, all right, anyhow. Um, this is from Melanie, who says, Hello, ladies and occasional gents. I am a relatively newer JB fan in that I had never watched Game of Thrones until this year when I binged the entire series in preparation for season seven. Oh, my God. Holy shiza. I found your podcast after falling in love with the JB relationship after watching seasons three and four with their reunion in season six, only solidifying my new obsession. I ended up working my way through the podcast and have listened to pretty much every episode at this point. Wow. Lots of hours of listening, but time well spent. It is so much fun to listen to most of the time. I say this because listening to the high hopes of you sweet summer children preseason five (laughs) is almost physically painful after knowing what was going on. It was almost physically painful to listen to. I know you guys like hearing where people listen, so I think you'd be happy to know that I find myself laughing out loud as I'm going for a run or working in my yard, which I'm sure prompts confused reactions from neighbors questioning my sanity. (laughs) I also appreciate the in-depth insight and discussion of not only our favorite ship, but also overarching storylines and character development throughout the series. At first, a show-only viewer, you guys ended up inspiring me, inspiring me to read the books, which I've done this summer. Yay! <laughs> Quite Yay. honestly, I'm not sure if I love or hate you for this, as I'm now obsessed with the book series that will most likely <laughs> never be finished and has left me with a shitty TV uh... show as a pale comparison to what she could have been. I ended up listening to the Jamie Brienne Cersei and Catelyn episodes as I finished each of those chapters and it gave me such deeper understanding about the plot and the characters along the way which I loved anyway this is getting long but I just had to send you a note telling you how much I have come to look forward to your show every week especially during the shitstorm that has been season 7 even when I'm frustrated with the Larry and Carol show or with the fact that has been basically relegated to the role of background scenery. I know that each week I can laugh with people who get exactly how I feel and articulate it better than ever I could. I also take solace in knowing that no matter how frustrated we've all been, it doesn't even hold a candle to the bitterness and sass of Nikolai, the ever-evident captain of our ship. You forced me to delve deeper into... I love that, the captain of our ship there. You forced me to delve deeper into the elements of the show that I may not have otherwise paid much attention to, and you do it in such a fun and funny way. Your spot-on commentary and criticism of the ever more confusing monster that D&D have created become my weekly salvation in trying to understand this increasingly illogical fictional world. Keep up the good work, and I cannot wait to hear your finale and season wrap-up. Um, we barely even touched on Jamie or Brienne, really. I know. <laughs> Give them. 
okay, this is from Georgie. Uh, hi, ladies. Among other things, I was really disappointed with the final scene for Littlefinger this episode. I found the Littlefingers groveling cringeworthy and out of character for both book and show Littlefinger. The script was okay, but the delivery ruined the payoff of his execution for me as I was still this, cringing this and face palming. Okay. The script was not okay. I'm sorry. I'm sure your ladies will be jumping for joy as your predictions for season seven has finally come true and he's finally been killed off. I love the podcast and I'm eagerly awaiting your review of this episode. I'm expecting a lot of saltiness. Well, I think we delivered there. <laughs> I feel like it was more despair, but you know. <laughs> Doing a re-listen of your Cersei podcast at the moment, which are just as good the f- second time around as the first. I will forever be breath. sad that I never got to partic- participate in any of the Cersei read-throughs because oh my God. they're some of my favorite chapters and she's just so bat- delightfully batshit insane in those chapters that I, I wish I could have sucked my Aww. teeth into one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. like quality comment on quality content. It was amazing. I just, the Cersei chapters. <laughs> they were fun. Oh, All right. Amazing. Sorry. I had to take a breath there because we're, we're like halfway through. Uh, <laughs> from John. Hey, ladies and sometimes gentlemen, you are the best. I've written a few emails in past weeks because your opinion is the best and the funniest. But I have a more serious thing I'd like your opinions on. There's been a real trend in the fandom and on the fanfic that is the TV series towards babies. Danny's getting pregnant is something that people really seem obsessed with. <laughs> And now also Carol and her incest pregnancy has come up. One of the best parts of Game of Thrones, the novel that seems to have slipped by people is how much Danny's arc subverts normal fantasy. Her purpose is to be the mother of the hero and of might and destiny until the whole thing goes south. And we realize she is the hero of might and destiny. That means she is no longer the vessel from some fucking kid and will not give birth to anyone special and will do all of the heroics herself. Whether she turns evil later is a separate discussion. That uh, something like, I think I'm missing a word here. George took baby making off the table here intentionally as a way of showing us that too many fantasy women are there just there to get knocked up with some male messiah, which is fucking sexist bullshit. Then we have Carol, who has literally been used as breeding cattle by everyone around her. Her father uses her as a commodity to be traded. Her husband just wants heirs. She is such a perfect example of old-fashioned female oppression. She fucking spells it out for us in a conversation. And yet, here we have this weird backwards move, or weird move backwards to Danny about to get knocked up. They telegraph this one so hard. And Carol's only motivation in life being her freak baby. <laughs> Sorry. Uh <laughs> This shit makes me so mad. I feel like we're going back to the goddamn 1950s. Why can't a woman be more than a fucking vessel? Now that I know some, oh, now I know that some of you are moms and I'm not getting down on procreation. I just really object to it being the center of a major character's art. That is some sexist shit in my opinion, but I'm an overeducated childless left coast man. (laughs) I want to know what you all think. Please tell me your perspectives. Thanks. I think it's interesting because, I mean, to be fair, while George makes Danny the hero and not the mother of the hero, you know, he does have, you know, Rayella 
Joanna, mm. Liana, like oh. all of these women mm. are not characters. They're all dead in childbirth. So they literally are vessels. That's it yeah. in the story. I mean, you know, we know a little bit about them. And, you know, the more we know about Liana, the more depressing it is that she's like 15 <laughs> um, years old and, and super and fucking awesome. Oh and, God. you know, she's awesome and cool. And then she dies. Well, yeah. So I don't want to give what was done to Elia Martel. Right, right, Ooh. and I don't want to give George maybe more credit than he deserves for this because I, I don't know that he had you know this big revolutionary thing. But um, you know, I think yeah, he has really you know it's a really good point that they do you know, and I think we talked about this a lot with Cat that they reduce them, they reduce women to dumbasses, badasses, or moms. Yeah. Yeah. And even their version of Cersei, which, I mean, even if you wanted to go there, I mean, I think it's, I think it would have been much more interesting for them to have her, I mean, this business of, she's a good mother, she loves her children, all this shit, which is not borne out by several seasons of the show in any case. But, I mean, book Cersei, I mean, she... She is sort of that reverse. Mis- I mean, she is misogynistic. She doesn't. She doesn't think of herself as a woman. She doesn't. She doesn't want. I mean, to be reduced to a breeding, a brooding mare. I mean, no, a I mean she mare, actively sorry. wants to steal. You know, she spends most of her feast and dance chapters trying to steal power from Tommen. You know, she, right. He has to wait. She had to wait. So yeah. I mean, yeah, it's she's not trying to rule through him so much as she's trying to rule instead of him. Right. But yeah, I think, I think, you know, George has his tendencies as well. And I think that D and D, you know, kind of perpetuate and exaggerate them because I I think, again, it just goes back to like, they're not very good or very imaginative writers. Yeah. Well, I think that's why the season fell flat. I mean, I think that's why they couldn't write Littlefinger. You have to be smart to write Littlefinger. Yeah. You know, okay. Um, from Hillary, I love how I just want to say this is me, comma. I love how our our greetings have now started to I know. become ladies the and the occasional gent. It's, and it's always it's, gent, <laughs> which I think is funny that everyone uses the same word. Um, so Hillary stays true to form. Uh, good evening. Ladies and uh, potential gent, I enjoy your podcast thoroughly and wait quite impatiently for you to post your new cast. I think you all definitely deserve a drunk cast after that season of initial garbage turned lovely parting gift. I'm not sure what that means, but I I agree about the drunk cast. We should do that. Um, That's me again. I will continue to rant and rave for the next few lines about the finale of season seven. So feel free to include or not, but please is below. Okay. Um, Side note. Oh, well, fuck those idiots who gave you bad iTunes reviews. We don't need them. Thank you. Um, Okay, so first off, really glad that the whole Arya-Sansa confrontation was a ploy to fool Littlefinger. If they knew about the truth about him, why not just lop his head off in the first place? Why play this game? Were they concerned he would leave Winterfell or... Who knows? I'm still shocked that Littlefinger died before Cersei fucking Lannister. Ugh. The entire dragon pit seed was gold. It was super satisfying to see all these characters reunite. 
I know you ladies were most looking forward to Brienne and Jamie's reunion. Sad to say it was lackluster. Let's just cut right to it. The awkward glances at each other, perfect. When she finally stopped to talk as Cersei was leaving, I thought the fuck loyalty line was a little much for someone who lives her life based on the ideals of knighthood and honor. Yes, Jamie should be 100%, should 100% not be loyal to his batshit, crazy, cheating, lying, cheating sister. But I think they could have given her a better argument than fuck loyalty. Carol, or Cersei actually seemed to be freighted. Right? I'm sorry. I'm. It's, it's a lot of mail and it's the end of a very long day. Um, I think this is frightened here, which was refreshing. It could be a show as D&D stated that her, oh, sorry. It could be, um, I think what, what our commenter is trying to say is that she could be pretending to be scared for her baby in front of Tyrion was a show. Okay. Um, do we really believe that Euron will come through for Cersei? Because I feel like after he saw the da- dragons, Danny's face, and the white in that order, he genuinely was like, okay, I'm checking out, but if you are still alive, Targ lady, call me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, I couldn't believe Tyrion got out of there alive. Honestly, I thought for sure he was done, for which is saying something since he has been one of the three safe characters for quite some time now. I think it would have been more in character for Book Cersei to have the mountain slaughter him, damn the consequences, than for her to use him to promote the lie that she is pregnant. They do keep trying to play her as politically cunning, when in reality she is just a serial-murdering, power-hungry monster. Uh, Let's see. I'm just going to skip a little bit, if that's okay. I want to thank whatever writers... it was to give Theon back his redemption arc. It's about time. Even though he got the crap beaten out of him, wasn't Theon a decent fire fighter prior to the whole reek thing? Yes. I love the cleansing. Yeah, I think so too. I love the cleansing himself in the sea after the fight. Great imagery for washing the stank of reek off him and becoming Theon of House Greyjoy again. Very sad that the Ironborn troops didn't want to go after Asha. Hate the name Yara. Uh, thought that was out of character for them. Theon's dialogue with John was beautifully done. The best piece of dialogue they've given us all season. Uh, okay, I'm going to cut down on this. I hope that's okay. Yep, so if we miss some of the messages, we'll, we'll get them next we'll, week. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, we should probably talk about this. The whole wall coming down was epic. I'm sorry that it wasn't during J&B making sweet love like we all wanted. <laughs> Do you think it still would have collapsed if John and Danny weren't doing it? Also, the logistics of the ice dragon melting, blasting the wall intrigued me. Any idea how this is possible or what the blue fire is? Um, I left the best for last. So happy beyond words that Jamie left Cersei. Finally, he sees that she doesn't understand logic or reason and all she cares about is power and those willing to get it for her. Sad it took him this long for him to break the yoke. So to say, but happy he's finally done with her. And like everyone, she'd like uh, Jamie and Brienne meeting ASAP. Also, was it me or did she nod to the mountain to kill Jamie? And he picked up the sword like he was going to and then sheathed it. Jamie, with his beautiful hurt eyes, said, I don't believe you. And he ran. I was so scared she was going to have the mountain kill him. Glad he made it out of there in one piece. Please wildly speculate on his journey during the last season, how we will interact with Bran. 
Oh, I can't wait till he runs into Bran. Oh. <laughs> I feel it's, like Bran is going to be like... Bran is just going to creep oh, him Brienne, out. Brienne, not Bran. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I was like, wait, we're not going to have fanfic Jamie and Bran now. Please, no. No. Oh, God. <laughs> Bran will probably actually thank him because he'll be like, oh, if it weren't for you, I never would have gone on this path to becoming the three-eyed raven. You've saved yeah, the world, just... Jamie Lannister. <laughs> Doing Let's make out. Blankly staring. No, I, th- I I really think she wants Brienne here. I don't think she cares about. <laughs> <laughs> At least let's hope she w- really wants Brienne. There. I mean, I hope that I hope he catches up with her before Winterfell. Like, I hope they just aren't in Winterfell, and I hope that I fucking hope there's not some stupid Tormund Brienne Jamie scene. Although oh, I 100 no. percent know that there will be. There's definitely oh. gonna be. Yeah. There's gonna. They're gonna drag that like it's. Ugh, it's I mean, gonna make me ill. Unless Jamie punches the living hell out of him, I do not care. Why is Thorman oh, still alive? They, they, we get the they, golden bitch they slap their tournament. Their fan service. Except, I'll put it in there. Except for, for the Jamie Brienne fan service. Which no, gets yeah, I was about to say I don't think they read book four, so I wouldn't know right. that they would actually care about that. I think oh, they only true. go on the dudest broest of websites. See all the fan theories there. <laughs> what and are the dudest the and broest of websites like 4chan? Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> probably like they they probably like the, like Bright Reddit Bart. is too tame for them. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. All right. Uh, from Melanie. Hi, ladies, and perhaps a gent or two. In the season seven wrap-up episode, I'd love to hear you guys discuss what what you make of the pre-season seven comments from Nick and Gwen now that we've seen the season of its entirety. Things like Gwen saying we would get what we've always wanted, or Nick saying he filmed a scene that topped the bath scene in terms of his favorite scene ever. At the time, it made me positive something big was coming for JB, but now I'm a bit confused. Were these perhaps just normal press answers to hype up the new season? Yes. Maybe they did alternate takes for their scene together, did, didn't have as much animosity. It may be that I was too hyped from reading into things that were sad, but I guess like many others, I just expected more. Thoughts? Thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's totally just press talk and never trust anything Gwen says. And if you ever see pictures of the two of them, like, looks like they might be filming together, they weren't. Like, <laughs> never hold on to that. That shit. I learned that lesson. Yeah, I think I'm impressed, that. but also I think Nikolai is just so fucking happy. Oh, he yeah. He actually gets to walk away. Like, he's like, he's so, I mean, he's my spirit animal. There's I like just, a 90% chance Nikolai is just going to drop season eight spoilers, like, after <laughs> after they film, just, just because he's not going to give a shit at all. He'll just be like, whatever. He, and Peter Dinklage's like level of being over not only the show but specifically the writers oh, yeah. literally <laughs> gives oh, me all of the lies. <laughs> I mean, he's really quite—he's quite burned that bridge with them. <laughs> he will not be in whatever they make next. He will not be in Confederate. <laughs> Good. I don't want to like also yeah. in their in the weird white supremacist, you know. Wait, fantasy. what? They're 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 doing a show about Confederates. And, oh <laughs> yeah! What? That's why Game of Thrones is so rushed now. Yes, yes because are, they want to get to you, Confederates. Are you joking? Oh. No, no. I just 
You didn't hear about this? That is no, 100%. I did not. Because you know that's what America needs right now, like an alternate reality where people of color are treated. Like- exactly. <laughs> but not only that, but oh I'm my like, God. what possessed Benioff and Weiss to believe that they, out of all the people in Hollywood, have they shouldn't like. I well, don't care if people are like, oh, they're only EP. No, I don't care. Apparently, there were several other quite excellent shows that were canceled. I think there was one called Underground about the underground. I, I mean, Underground was canceled. Yeah, it I, was. We're just like yeah, learning lives right sorry. now. Wow. <laughs> but I heard it was yeah, really good, back. and it was yeah. amazing. Oh my god! Ugh. So they can do, yeah, okay. And they're and they're. Seriously, doing a show about the Confederacy? No, they're doing a it's show where the alternative where the is that won. it's an alternative reality where the Confederacy won the Civil War, so slavery Fuck still exists. That noise! I'm sorry. Yeah, I won't but be watching. As, as as a a woman who is not white, that disgusts me. I mean, I just, I can't, under, like, I would want so bad to just sit down and say very nicely, um, please explain what made you think that you are in any way, shape or form qualified, first of all, to, to write any show, but specifically <laughs> this one. I mean, I'm white and I'm offended and... <laughs> I'm, I'm a human like, being, I'm kind of... offended at this point. Yeah. I'm not so much offended at the a, at the concept in general of no, historical AUs. I'm just kind of offended by them in general. Like them doing them. like they could do like a show about I don't even you could name drunk. anything and I would be like, yeah. I don't think you're qualified to write that. <laughs> but this especially yeah. and especially now in this this particular time I mean this is not it's the probably, show. Right. It's probably not, you know, like I can turn to CNN. And essentially, and yeah, that. I can I can walk out of my house and see cars with Confederate flags on the back. Yeah, I don't need to watch. Yeah. Anyhow, you know, it's funny how depressing our podcast. Got. It really is like, yeah, it's a dark place. Man. I love that we broke Guile. Guile is like, you know what we are, you guys? We're the dance. We're the Tyrion chapters of a dance with dragons. Oh my god. Oh. We have become Tyrion dance. <laughs> it's that. It's that. Where do whores go, man? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on, because I can't. I My voice is going to give out at a certain point. This is from Adler. Hello, girls. Oh, sorry, Devin. Um, <laughs> no occasional gents this time. Because in no way in hell that I'd use my Tumblr account again, given your reaction last time when you read my username. At the time I created my Tumblr, I'd lost a bet, okay, and now I'm rather fond of the name. <laughs> um, any, I think I know the, what he's talking about. Anyhow, I enjoyed the last podcast, but I didn't send you anything in time because it was cr- procrastinating. There are a lot of things I want to talk about, but I'll try to make this short. First, I thought that bastards were named not in the place at, where they were born, but for the nobleman who had to sire them. It could be entirely wrong, though, meaning that if, in fact, John had been born out of wedlock, he would have been a waters and not a sand. Like this dude whom Cersei appointed as her navy commander in a dance with dragon. Or rainwaters. Because, yeah, because he looked a, a little, that's me saying, yeah, a little bit like Rhaegar if she squinted her eyes. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, this is not good. correct. Um, 
Stop. Adler, I think you're um, because Robert has multiple bastards. One of whom is oh, Maya. Good point. Yeah, she's and got she's a stone Maya Stone and a storm. She's not Maya Waters. I think it's based on uh, region. Yeah, that must be because yeah. Oh yeah, because there's Edric Storm as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, has multiple kids all over the place, and they're all named. Their surnames are all good based on the region. Uh. Thank you for providing that convenient example for us. Um, Okay, second, speaking about Rhaegar, I liked show Rhaegar well enough. In fact, I believe that for a few seconds that he was Harry Lloyd. The likeness was really impressive. Just hang on. Just like the vision Danny had in the House of the Undying, where she took mistook Rhaegar for Viserys. Telling apart after a long look because of his height, width, and general handsomeness, portrayed somewhat accurately with this what with the new actor being taller and a little more wide in the shoulders than Harry. And then this is all caps. It was that blasted wig, which what ruined the overall effect. It should have been turned along with the Ceres. Whoa, that was me. I have two questions for you. One serious and one for shits and giggles. The serious one is, do you think that George RR R. Martin lost his interest in the saga of a song of ice and fire or rather the actual storyline? meaning that he wants to continue in the mythology history world building, throwing tidbits of information when he really wants it about what he really wants, but is tired of trying to give a logical end and not all the narrative loose ends. Yeah, sure. He if wants so, the, he wants the is, Aesop version of Pottermore. Like he'd be super happy with that. Uh, writers, he's asking why um, writer's block, too many characters and too many plots to keep record of them all. Short attention span gets distracted too easily, had a fight with his muse, or he isn't that enamored with his main plot and ideas as he was at the beginning of it all. I think writing is hard. And um, I think it's like actually something personal against me. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm the center of the universe, then I, I feel like it's really it's a personal issue that he has with making me unhappy. <laughs> okay, and one for shits and giggles. I'm just I'm not I can't have nothing to say because I agree it's it's about me too. <laughs> Doing it hates me. Um, technology has to arrive. All right, picture this: technology has arrived to Westeros, and as in every society, it is given the most beneficial use. Thus, the TV was invented. So each one of the regions, northern, westerlands, etc., and the wall, which has really crappy reception, has a TV channel and a really popular show that every effing buddy watches in Westeros. What is the theme and name of every one of these shows? Oh, Oh my. (laughs) You know what? I think this is a drunk cast question. Yeah, this is an excellent drunk question. Yes. So I'm Adler. I'm just going to highlight this baby and we're going to save this for a drunk cast. Cause this just scre- This is us. This is totally <laughs> us. Um, and we'll, we'll get to this I one. Mean, I'm one just going to say that everything at the wall is going to be porn, right? Like <laughs> game of bones. <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just going to put a comment here and hopefully I remember after this. Safe for drunk cast. Okay. Uh, there's oh, <laughs> should have read the whole thing before I read it aloud. P.S. 
shit, I was wrong after all. As I discovered <laughs> after all I had written all that text wall, bastards' names are for the region, not the parents. Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, lots of lots of love and good wishes from Caracas. Okay. Oh, uh, and you too. Evil Sapphire. That's a great Tumblr name. Hey guys and or gals and occasional guys. You asked if you had any listeners that watch the show without following leaks. I am an avid avoider of spoilers, so I had no force knowledge of the Stark sibling twist. However, the only way the scenes in Winterfell would make sense is if the girls had a secret plan. It was frustrating to watch as it was handled poorly writing-wise. I would have passed it put it past the show to make both Arya and Sansa that dumb, but they harped a lot on Sansa being smarter than she appeared in several episodes. Enjoy reading your take on the show. It's the only podcast that doesn't shove how amazing Brienne and Tormund would be down your throats. Wow. <laughs> this is why I don't, one. I don't listen to any other Game of Thrones podcast, so I really don't We're know. We're not allowed to. <laughs> uh, at least not yeah. admitting it. I listen to I listen to quite a few, and like this is the only one that does not in any way ship Brienne and Tormund. Damn, these people are all wrong. Yeah. Oh my God, it's the worst. Okay, got an anon. Well, they can they can just sit there and enjoy their wrongness. I was listening to a storm of swords. Nice. Oh, so they're reading the book, but listening, and I came to chapter seventy-two, which is Jamie nine. And I heard the line, close the door and come here. I jumped in excitement and scared my toddler. <laughs> now I know the meaning to the podcast. It's so funny that we named the podcast before that episode of the TV show. So we had no idea it wasn't going to be on it. Um, and I, again, I feel like it's personally, it's a personal <laughs> directive against us that they never have had them say that. Hate us, Kyle. It's yeah. just clearly all I about mean, God. at this point, I can't blame them. You know, like people, actually, sometimes people do ask, like, oh, would you ever want someone from the show on your podcast? I'm like, yeah, I don't think they would come on. <laughs> I think there's a chance in hell. So, no. There would be a lot of, no, so Nikolai would, would have when you thought would that would blast. be a good idea. What was that? Nikolai would have a blast. That would be his like exorcism. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously they have a standing uh they have a standing invite and um as I think we've said on Twitter that we'll pay them in um almond kringle. <laughs> oh, and Stephen Delane as well. It's just Oh yeah. Uh, like he said something about people. like what did you get out of the show? Money. <laughs> Any fulfillment? I, None. <laughs> I all the people Likely to do a podcast, he is the absolutely last person on this earth. <laughs> but I understand of the man. Uh, okay. Chicky wrote in saying, Hey guys, I am so glad you all survived season seven. I know it was rough. I enjoyed life as a civilian listener for the show apps. You serious you guys seriously did help me process this wild season, not the least because you helped me laugh at some of the more ridiculous moments. You're doing good work, kids. Question, why on earth didn't we at least see a shot of Asha in a prison cell or something in, in the last episode? I'm not sure if she's alive and well, and they're just lazy, or if I should be concerned. I think um, they forgot. I think you know, yeah, I think they, they know they, the they, answer they, to that. They blew the budget on, on paying Gemma Whelan on the dragons. Oh, you mean on the dragons, not her on the dragons. <laughs> yeah, although that <laughs> would have been a shocker. Really 
that I again these are the things I would have gone hey okay I don't know how that, that happened, I didn't expect sure. that yeah what the hell uh, okay another anon uh, okay this we just answered this person on tumblr for pointing out a file error but um they actually said um okay um I cross, I cross myself every time I think of this atrocity of a season. I can't believe not just one person, but an entire team of writers can pursue such complete and utter bullshit and go, yes, that is actually perfectly fine. And that headache inducingly idiotic at all. Spoiler discussion. Oh, back when everyone was so optimistic about stuff. Keep up the good work. <laughs> I um, like that we're using words like atrocity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're almost done. Last page. Wow, this is a lot of mail. <laughs> I was lured on here, and I didn't realize that I was committing to. Okay, uh, we have a Facebook message from Rebecca, who says, Love you guys. I wish that I had wrote earlier, but that episode where Lennon died, everyone kept making references to High, High, Garland, High Garden not having soldiers. Like, did everyone forget there who saved you at Battle of Blackwater? And are they supposed to lay siege on King's Landing for Daenerys, but there are not good fighters? Anyhow, I guess that's at least the details that I really need to get hyped over at, mo- at the moment. Love you guys. Can't wait to get back to some chapter episodes. Me too. <laughs> and then lastly, we have an iTunes review, five stars from Hardy Girl, who says, I've been listening for about a year and really enjoy Close the Door and their guests. There is a lot of con. There's a ton of content and a variety of it. I've yet to hear the same recycled analysis of the show or books like so many other Game of Thrones YouTube channels and podcasts. I've read the books twice, but years ago. So my favorite episodes are the character chapters. I had forgotten how awesomely evil and fun Cersei was. While I tend not to ship characters, they take a very realistic approach to the Jamie and Brienne relationship and those characters as individual. Um, listen to the episode Fanon versus Canon. Uh, when I have tried, yeah. Uh, when I have tried to have discussions about Jamie with others, that I feel he is one of the most interesting and complex characters in the series, I am usually met with blank stares or confusion. So I have a special fondness for Close the Door due to that aspect alone. As a group, they are informed and clever. There is also the benefit of ro- a rotating roster, which keeps things fun and fresh. Oh, this. This warms my heart here. Though I must confess that Kama is my favorite. (laughs) I don't know how she'd feel about sharing Stannis with me, but I figure we can work out some sort of schedule. I'm flexible. I also find her fashion (laughs) critiques highly amusing. I wonder if she thinks she's being too negative at times. But as we say where I'm from, if you don't have anything nice to say, come and sit by me. Well, (laughs) yes, we can share Stannis. I'm glad you like the... uh, uh, I think there's enough Stannis to go around. Um, and uh, yes, I, I don't ever think I'm being too negative. <laughs> if anything, I don't think I'm being negative enough. So thank you. And that is the mail. Wow. So um, yeah. <laughs> I got a couple of couple of things to say about mail. So, um, you know, I think you can tell from this episode that we were pretty disappointed in this season. I think, a lot of us had moments where we're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to watch this shit. I don't want to have to think about it. And, you know, one thing that definitely helped is we'd have some terrible episode. And then, you know, you go on Tumblr, you look in our Gmail, and there'd be, you know, four or five messages. And it was like, of people kind of feeling the same thing. Like, okay, 
you know, there is a point, like, there is a point to this. There is a, you know, people maybe need to have an outlet for their pain, (laughs) their their disappointment. So, you know, the letters and the messages that people write really do make a difference. And I think they really do help motivate us to kind of get through some of the bad episodes. And then just the other one is, is next week we have a special book Jamie appreciation episode. So if you have any, um, any questions, comments about book Jamie, uh, send them our way. We would, we're going to love to talk about that amazing man. And thank you guys for hanging in there for the season and for this episode. Um, any last thoughts, anyone? I love like, I feel like the silence is pretty much the silence speaks for itself. Says everything you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> So um, support our podcast and become a Patreon. You get benefits like some special episodes and early access to new episodes. You can listen and review us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and all the places. Find us on Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, or email us at closethedoorand at gmail.com. Thank you to our panel, and thank you all for listening. I'm closing the door. Get out.